Welcome to the All Digital AM podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on the All Digital AM YouTube channel. Well, good. Hey, happy uh, Cinco de Mayo. I have my little Cinco de Mayo cup going on right now. So I guess a little cheers. I'm, I'm still doing coffee. So. You're still doing coffee, a little lunch yeah. cheers to get that. And happy uh, Cinco de Mayo. That doesn't well. work out very well. Metal, Interesting. Metal yeah, it just kind of uh, goes away. That's pretty neat, though. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's an interesting, a different Cinco de Mayo than normal. I guess uh, not many people are uh, getting together today to celebrate, but uh, happy right. that you, you uh, come to hang out, hang out a little bit and celebrate uh, from social distancing area, I guess you could say. But Sure. Um, so, hey, man, how's, how's it been going over there? Um, you know, in general, uh, talked a little bit about how service providers have stepped up during this time, COVID-19, of course, over a month out from what's been happening and, and uh, you know, you being uh, working at Encodem at 3D, one of the largest uh, contract manufacturers and service providers located up there in New York and uh, servicing the whole the whole nation. Are you guys, do you guys also service global? Do you have global accounts that you deal with or is it mostly North America? Uh, mostly North America. We have, we have a couple. Yeah, I would say pretty much North America. Right. And you're also focused on metal. Is that correct? Anything else going on in the facility? That is correct. We are we are perf, uh, perfectly set up to do metal. So we, we had plastic to, to begin with. We had supplies machines. Got rid of those about three years ago. And, we, you know, we've been fully metal ever since. Yeah. And, and you, uh, Encodema 3D has been around since 2013. Is that correct? That is that is correct. Yes. So the, we've you know, been around since then. So seven, seven years now. Yeah. And, and in that time, you've seen the amazing growth. I mean, I've you know jumped in about five years ago. And then even in the last two years, it's just been compound the amount of different uh, service providers out there doing things. But Encodem has always been at that top echelon of what's happening, especially in aerospace and looking at metal 3D printing. I know that you have uh, all the machines in house, not only 3D printers, but you also for full size service shop with CNC machines and all the, the normal tools that you would have to do any kind of post-processing and any other work that's combined with uh, additive manufacturing. So it's a really amazing facility, and I know you've got a lot of different things going on. What's been happening over this this last month and a half or so? Have you shifted what you've seen happening inside the facility, or what are some of the current things that you guys are working on? Well, I mean, during this this time right now, right, with COVID, so it's, you know we, we've had some adjustment to make, right? We've got a lot of uh, a lot of personnel no longer in the building, um, trying to deal with those, you know, nuances like everybody else is, right? How to how to how to handle the company, how to handle physical parts without being there physically, right? It's a it's a it's a difficult situation. So you know, with all the spacing and everything else, we've we've been working through that. Um, for us, really, it's just been cranking metal. I mean, we are we are fully production. Um, you know, we've gone through that wave and we've developed production parts. Uh, with a lot of clients, uh, I would, you know, I would easily say we are aerospace. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's just say we're, you know, we're aerospace. They they have developed, you know, production uh, parts, and that's that's what we're locked out of doing right now. So we're just we're just turning and burning and and bringing on equipment. Um, you know, lots more capacity coming on board. We just installed another uh, large frame machine, um, and we are looking to place an order for two more. Um, you know, on top of the ones we already have. So, you know, we're sitting on, you know, we're sitting on 18, you know, I was about machines. to say close to 20 machines. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. You know, with other things, like you said, with all the secondaries that go along with it, I know mean, we've got, you know, we've got over 50, you know, employees, uh, in the, in, on the site 
And you know, we have a we have a sixty thousand square foot you know shop. We we're only using thirty thousand square feet, and we haven't even filled half of that yet. All right. So, wow. You know, we've got we've we've got a ways to go here to 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 really roll out into into additive, and you know that's been kind of a struggle. You know, with the uh, with with the COVID going on um, for metal in the additive space. Plastic, on the other hand, if you've been watching and, and seeing what's going on, how exciting that is, um, mm. it, I think it has brought a uh, brought to light additive um, and its and its capabilities to a lot more people now who are really starting to see how quickly manufacturing can ramp up in this space. Um, the sharing of the files for the uh, the, the masks and the and the uh, and the headgear. Uh, for the face shields, yeah, personal protective all that yeah. out there, you know, you've got companies all over the place that are just, you know, they're designing a part over overnight and sharing that file with everybody, and you instantly have thousands of parts being printed the next day across yeah. different platforms, right? So it's, being that agile to switch over and do that, and to be able to jump into a new process that's happened over the last month and a half is is you know showcases really the uh, the ability of additive in general. So. That response has been something to be proud of to be in the industry right now and to see that response happening. Uh, it's, it's really neat. So yeah, I, I see, I hear you on the plastic side. That's, that's a big part of it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, man. So are, does that mean that you're looking back into polymer now or how is that uh, affected in Kodama's processes? No, polymer's its own space. I mean, it, it, it's got its own, you know, old thing going on. Like, you know, I've been, I've been in this industry for, you know, 25 years, um, you know, obviously started with plastics. Um, plastics is exciting. It's, it's, it's you know, it, it developed uh, over those, you know, 20 years before I got into, you know, into metal. And, you know, it, it developed out of prototyping, got toward, the, you know, production, you know, and, and what had to happen? Well, the technology in and of itself had to, had to catch up, right? You know, so it, it had to get better. The materials had to get better. Um, you know, uh, all the software had to get better, you know, and, and all to increase throughput and get to quote unquote injection molded parts, right? Mm -hmm. It's done it. it yeah. Plastic has done that now. And now it can compete on the level of an injection molded, you know, part uh, for production. Metals, metals very, very close to doing the same thing. And probably within the next five years, I think we'll start to drop off of the idea that metal can't keep up with uh, machining um, casting um, you know on, on you know on certain parts there's always going to be a niche for everybody right there's right. always going to be a part that's designed to be casted you, you're, you're, you're you know you're shooting yourself in the foot trying to do it any other way um, but if yeah. you're designing for the process you know the the, the technology itself is, is catching up to where manufacturing uh, you know throughput needs to happen so it's 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 getting there it's pretty exciting you mentioned uh, some of the materials, obviously being a, a big part of what's going on. What do you see as some key materials that are uh, in development or are working right now? I, I guess looking towards the future, what would you want to see in a material development happen that would that benefit the actual industry? Uh, as far as for metal right now, I think I think the I think the most important one that's that's going on right now is uh, uh, sixty sixty one. Um, uh, any of those uh, really you know high uh, strength aluminums, um, light, lightweight. Uh, those are the kind of materials going for, um, uh, aerospace is really driving at those. Um, and I think that, I think those would be exciting across the board, even for, um, uh, other sectors like automotive as well. Uh, very interested to see, um, that material develop into something that they can, you know, qualify for production. 
Um, the you know the current the current cast rate material is good. It does a lot of you know really good things. It has a niche. It, it has something that it works on. But now they need you know they need a lot more uh, satellites. Needs needs support structures, right? Well, they need support structures based, you know built out of sixty sixty one or or, or seven thousand series aluminums um, as opposed to you know cast rate aluminums. So, right. Um, they're still machining those parts, whereas they could really be. Uh, moving those parts into um, uh, into that material, so I think that's really the most exciting one so far. Um, out there, and then of course copper, right? Copper is one. Yes, that's, you know, big jet engines are, you know, they're, Everyone's worried about their uh, jet or the rocket. You know, rocket engines um, having to not build those big rocket or big copper skirts anymore, um, and brazing and welding and hand forming all those things together. If they could start to build those in copper um, straight up. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're really looking forward to that in, in large, you know, large frame machines. So yeah. copper is probably one of the next ones. Yeah. Copper is exciting for sure to see what could happen. Of course, with uh, internal cooling channels and the ability to build those, those rocket engines thrusters a lot differently and come up with new designs that were impossible before. So that's, yeah, that's been really neat to watch happen and unfold over the last few years. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. So, so in, in general, to get back to the contract manufacturers and what Encodem is doing, uh, there's uh, you said there was about, about 50 people that you have in house, and, and they're all are working remote, working with the machines. What's that like right now? Like, what is the process working remote from a machine or not being able to be there at every moment? How does that look right now? Well, we are we are definitely engaging in the digital thread now, right? I mean, right. <laughs> so beyond just uh, beyond, yeah, beyond being able to sit inside of a uh, uh, you know uh, a glass cubicle and look outside to see the you know the machine, you now have to you know hope that the operator sees the files that you're sending from you know uh, your home or you know as in case some people are out of state, right? So now we're mm -hmm. we're really working that whole that whole thing and uh, you know working with the skeleton crew. Uh, internally, you know, stretching out our hours um, and and just utilizing the 24-7 technology, right? It is, you know, once you get a build up and running, it, you know, machines don't get COVID and they keep going, right? right? So really, really learning how to work in space, right? Uh, physical space and in the digital space. Yeah, that's, that's a really neat. And I guess that's another advantage that we have in the industry is the ability to change over to that uh, that side of it, the digital thread and, and getting everything set up as far as what's happening remotely and then seeing it uh, come to, to life or, or uh, an amazing part of additive manufacturing. So uh, this digital age that we're in, you know, with part you know, parts, files, getting that turned into a 3D object that's going to be actually entered into one of the machines for a print and then seeing that happen in the post-process all is going digital. You know, it's not quite a hundred percent there, but it's it's getting closer and closer to being that that way. And with Industry 4.0 right out there, it's it's the next evolution of where people want to see things going. But there is the reality of hey, you still have a lot of manual processes you've got to dig into here. And then how do we kind of mitigate that from what's happening now in a in a in, a, in an emergency such as COVID nineteen? There's a lot of different things and a lot of companies that aren't quite prepared to mitigate those risks and to be agile enough to switch over. But the 3D printing and additive manufacturing companies have, have shown that even the mom and pop shops out there, I mean, yes, they're not, you, you know, getting with the FDA to develop something that's, you know, perfectly, uh, you know, working out there, but they're coming up with quick solutions that at least help a little bit and uh, give people ideas to take it to the next level. So, uh, you know, I get to see all those different things right now come to the, uh, come to the industry and come to the market in a different way that wasn't quite happening before. And I guess it's just been part of 
unfortunately, part of what's happening with COVID-19, but at the same time, it's good to know that we're set up to be there at this time to, to react quickly and to have things in place when supply chains get disrupted. Um, you know, a lot of things that we're dealing with are, are uh, supplies coming from China. So uh, especially on the PPE side of it, you know, personal protection equipment is mostly made over there. And then to wait for all that and to have that supply chain disrupted and for who knows how long, that's where 3D printing and additive manufacturing has really shined over the last month. They've come in and, you know, filled a lot of gaps in small communities that had hospitals or healthcare workers that couldn't have that equipment because they, they had to wait for so long. They're able to get it you know, fairly quickly amount of time and make some iterations, adjustments to their particular needs and circumstances. And that's a lot of the power of what we do. It's, it's able to nimbly quick, uh, quick and nimble, uh, you know, change and get on something that, you weren't doing before, but you're able to iterate quickly and then get it to a solution and make it happen on the spot. I mean, geez, man, that's just, that's just neat. I get, I get a little bit of a fanboy on, on the backside because I'm just excited to see it happen. I'm like, do you understand what it usually goes into making that happen? And it's just happening right now to supplement a lot of needs. So, um, I just, I'm still proud of the industry for doing that. And, um, I just look, just look forward to seeing more because I think this is kind of activating a lot more happening out there and people thinking in different ways. So I'm excited to see what's next. Sure. Sure. I, you know, I, I just saw something last night, um, on a commercial. It was, uh, it was a commercial for Abbott, uh, technologies. And of course they, they were putting out there that they, you know, they're working on these, uh, COVID testing kits, right. And, they, and they're, and they're getting them out there and, they, and, they, and they've ramped up their production. They've got these things out there. Well, the, below the, the picture, I had to stop and pause the TV to, just to check it out. And they've got written on there, they, these are not FDA approved, except for now an emergency. It's, so it's emergency FDA approved, um, but still not FDA approved on, on, you know, for regulatory scale, right? It's not, they're not done. They're being done now for, for that. So your point of, you know, even mom and pop shops not being, you know, FDA approved and they're, you know, they're running plastic parts and they're doing this, doing that. Um, you, you're seeing the, like you said, the connection of the thread there of, well, even, even large scale manufacturers like an Abbott, you know, are, you know, are being competed against with, you know, guys who are, you know, working out of their garage, right. With, with, with three little printers, sure. um, you know, and, and on the same, on the same level, same scale, it's the same equipment, uh, in, in most cases, right. In most cases of being used in the, in the, in the, uh, plastic world, you know, they're essentially the same, you know, uh, equipment. Um, you do have some larger scale equipment. You may have some more industrial, you know, scale uh, machines. Same technology, though. I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing, right? A hot head squirting, squirting plastic. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very interesting to see how quickly the what we call mama pop shops ramp up into that manufacturing level on this next wave, right? Sure. And, and, and of course, I've been watching. They're learning. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, they're learning, um, uh, and and the industry's learning. Right? Yeah. They're all learning that. Well, wait a minute. Maybe we don't have to, you know, keep shunning this, you know, this additive technology as a, you know, redheaded stepchild. Right? It, it's it's good. You know, it, it, these are good parts. Yeah. Um, it's a great. It's a great technology. Um, and then you've got you know all these uh, all the different materials uh, coming out of these different you know different technologies and everybody's coming out with a desktop printer right sure I mean, you got I, i've seen companies all over now starting to set up you know their little shops little sheds out back barns uh, you name it and they and they and they're just lining up these these small uh, plastic machines and they're just they're just starting to run businesses right right 
day in, day out, running parts. I mean, it's easy. Um, you got companies that use a digital thread we were talking about. Just they essentially let people go in and just and just set up a part on their printer. I mean, you can just use that platform and just throw your file in there and get it started. You know, right. if somebody's not even had to be there to run it. Yeah, well, when you bring up a good point too. Is is as far as it's not only the machine. You know, when you're looking at contract manufacturer service provider, it's not only the machines they have, but it's the you know the services they have and what the what the team can do for you there and how they could actually walk you through the proper procedures and take away some of the burden of having to do that in house uh, and and do it actually at the contract manufacturing facility uh, by by working with a team of developers or someone that's done actually gone through a similar project before and able to take that time to market and cut it down, you know, and make it make it happen a lot quicker with the expertise that that particular service provider has. So I know that that you guys have a lot of that, you know, you have a team there that does the stuff for people outside of just running a part on the machine. Talk a little bit about that. What do you do to help people that are going through uh, looking to print something on a, on a manufacturing scale? Uh, well, we, you know, we definitely get, you know, started with the, uh, with the DFAM process, right? So we, we, we get back into, you know, Hey, where's this part coming from? You know, are, are you just trying to bring a casting over here to, you know, see if you can print, you know, faster and cheaper, which is, which is typically the case. Yeah. Um, some of it for, you know, the basic idea of can the ship, you know, can it do it cheaper, faster, but there, there was a reality there, you know, yeah, they would like it to be less expensive. They would they, what they're really looking to do is eliminate time. Right, they're really looking to eliminate uh, manufacturing time, you know, production space. Right, they want to, they want to, they want to bring all that down. Mostly in aerospace, they want to get away from these eight-month casting, you know, timelines, um, you know, or more. Uh, in some cases, depending on you know how complicated the part is. Um, so we immediately start with you know, you know, the why. Why are you doing this part? Why, you know, what is going on? What is the business case for this part? Um, because typically, we don't do anything. Uh, going forward, that's not going to uh, amount to a frozen design. Right. Moving forward for you know years of programs. That's that's what we're looking for. Is, is because right now the technology is so based on having a frozen design, especially in metal. Plastic, you still have the opportunity to get away with it, and and I'm not taking away from plastic in any way. Mm -hmm. um, it's just you can you can build a part in any geometry or any orientation you want. In a, in a plastic machine, it'll build, right? Yep. It just it just can't do that in metal. So for us to lock down a, a design is so important in in transitioning and using this technology for in, in its best case scenario. So really, for us, it is is getting into the why. Why are you doing this part? Um, here's here's what you need to be doing. And hey, by the way, when you're doing this, what value are you adding to the part? Because if you're not going to add an additive value to the part, what's the point? Yeah, right. What's the point of doing it? You're, you're you're missing you're missing the whole thing. So and we and we've done that. And the ones we've done that on have been become fantastic programs for us. Right? Yeah, it's just it's just the way it has to be done. Yep. So do, do most of the customers that come to you um, are they how far are they on that process? Are they more like hey here's something to print? I'm sure there, there, there's those people you know, that come from a bid and that that happens. But there's the people who might have an existing part that they think that they just want to print in, in on a 3d printer they haven't made any changes to it at all to take advantage of uh, any of the the, the uh, advantages of 3d printing so like i guess what, what percentage of people do you see like that the people that are just trying to give you something to print that's already been made on you know the normal traditional way versus the people that have 
took the time to design for the process and, and actually come up with something ready to go. I'd say, you know, I'll just be fair about, I'd say 75% of the people that we, that we talk to, and again, we're dealing with aerospace or dealing with some large OEMs, right? Yep. So they've yep. done this before. Most of the time they have a, a part that they're trying to transition from something else, right? Uh, or at least an idea. They've got something to start with. So I'd say 75%. We don't get a ton of the, hey, I drew this up last night on a napkin, right? You're right. You know, we don't get a, we don't get a lot of that anymore, um, if, if at all. Um, so I would say, I would say this is you know, the largest amount already has a, an idea in mind. They want to see, hey, if we printed this thing, we know it's a casting now, or we know this is a machine part now, but can you give us an idea roughly what this would cost to, to print this part? And, you know, obviously it's not designed the right way and it's going to have issues, but just an overall idea. They just want to see if it works in a program, right? They want to see if it's going to, if it's going to actually, you know, work financially in their program. And that includes schedule, right? So they want to, they want to see, you know, okay, let's see, we, we build a part that is, that is adapted for additive and it, it, it runs the table here and it just, it just cuts away three quarters of our schedule. We have to do this, right? We right. have to figure out how to get down this path. Um, and that's what they're looking for. But most of, most of our clients are doing that. Yeah, they're just, yeah, they're, they're already ready to go. I know that, um, you know, both uh, working in, on the metal side and aerospace, uh, you have a lot of, is it laser powder bed fusion? Is that the technology that you're mostly running at Encodema? Or do you work with different technologies for, for additive? Yeah, we uh, yeah, uh, laser powder bed fusion is what we deal with. Yeah. Right. So, so working with laser powder bed, bed fusion and, and metal, and then you're able to, of course, work with different OEMs and their machines out there and specialize in maybe doing something a little better than the next or or uh, even proving different systems out for companies. I know Kodama does a lot of that. Have you you've seen all these technologies uh, over the years? Why is laser powder bed fusion, you know, what you have stuck to and, and what, what are some of the benefits that you keep holding on to that as your metal 3D printing technology of choice? Uh, for us, it's the, it's the level of detail that the, the, you know, that the technology can, can handle. Um, with that, you've got a little bit of downside and you've got the other technologies that are out there that are that force that makes it their upside, right? So they're, you know, they, they want to go differently than what you want to do, but Overall, um, uh, you know, the, the overall quality of the part that we believe is better in laser powder bed fusion um, as it stands today. I mean, that, that's just kind of where we're at. I mean, you, get, you can go with some, you know, EBM technology does a lot of things that we cannot do, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they only do it with a couple of materials and really kind of locked in on the kind of um, uh, parts that they can actually create. Um, just as we are, we have some limitations as well, right? So we have some some out there, but we feel that overall it, it covers most of the spectrum uh, with the uh, laser powder effusion. Yeah, that's awesome, and I, I know just obviously uh, my my past five years of working with it also, it's it's been amazing to see that quality and repeatability and how how you can do that on a consistent basis because it's easy for somebody to print a part out once, make it look nice but try to do that, you know, 500 times, a thousand times and see what you come up with with repeatability and in uh, laser powder bed fusion. It's kind of the, the one that's, that's uh, had the test of time to come up with those repeatable parts a lot, lot more than, than other technologies right now. So it's really, it's cool to see that happening. And uh, you know, it's something that with that precision 
and that repeatability, you can't quite get that in other things right now, but there are some other technologies that are stepping up to the plate. So it's a, it's a, an exciting time to be inside of uh, additive manufacturing and see these applications come to life, you know, and, and laser powder bed fusion does that uh, on the high precision and repeatability. That's, that's really where is the biggest thing for uh, looking at laser powder bed fusion and metal itself uh, for 3D printing. So, um, yep, Encodima does a lot of great work. Encodima 3D does a lot of great work with that. And, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to talk to a, a contract manufacturer right now who's actually working and doing things uh, to support what's happening. Uh, have, have um, the As far as the aerospace industry itself, you know, you're servicing the aerospace industry. Have you seen anything change in the last month and a half of where any any different focus is happening or maybe pulling back or focusing on something different now during the, this COVID-19 uh, time? No, I, I think for us right now with, um, uh, you know, the aerospace defense work that we do, um, it's really, I guess, it, and you may hear some things out in the industry now, currently people are kind of, you know, rumoring about it and talking about it, um, that commercial aerospace is, you know, is kind of going on a, you know, kind of on a delay. And that being in and of itself, that doesn't necessarily roll into the aerospace defense area. Um, mm. We're still moving, but they... It, it, it may look like they're not, but we're, right now we're just locking down on production stuff, right? So it's not a, there's not a whole ton of hype going on about 3D printing. It's, it's very similar to what happened, you know, five years, maybe eight years ago with um, uh, medical. Medical was, medical was driving it to begin with, right? They were all about it. Yeah. Uh, and then when they finally figured it out, got it in there, got it, now they're just locked down and they were work, working on production, Right. And now you'll start to see another wave of them coming back on and start to work on some more things and get it out there. I think we're kind of in that wave right now with aerospace. Um, I also believe that currently um, the OEMs that are the, that are the large OEMs that are out there, um, you know, they're kind of the trendsetters. They've 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 gone out and done this and gotten it going. And you know, we have clients of ours that that have their own machines. They develop and internalize all their own parts, and then and then when they're ready for production, they bring them out and bring them to us, which is the business model we were looking for to start with, right? Right, yeah. It's, it's happening now where you're, I think it's the second wave of companies coming out. So now you're going to have this entire wave of uh, tier one suppliers, um, you know, other billion dollar companies that no one knows about, right? They're all the ones that work in the background yep. that nobody knows about. They all know the Lockheeds, the Northrop's, and the Boeings. But, but like they a don't or something like that. That's yeah. right. But they don't know, you know, they don't know the companies that support those companies, mm -hmm. right? Um, and those are the ones that are come out and they're going to get their feet wet and they're going to, they're going to be out looking around. So, you know, all the other uh, machine OEMs that are out there, uh, we're going to get another wave of companies that are kind of come in and be like, Hey, we want to learn about additive too. And we, we heard about this metal stuff. Right. Which and it's a little shocking, but that's how big the world is, right? We, we all get locked into our little worlds of yeah. we're the biggest, baddest thing in the, in the market. We're not even the biggest, baddest you know, service provider in the market. I mean, and, yeah. and there's not a whole lot of them out there, right? So we're still not even that, right? So you think we'd have an advantage there? We don't. Um, but yes, I mean, the, the amount of uh, clients that are, that, that are available um, out there is just, it's, it's tremendous. So I mean, the, the amount of growth that's going to happen in the next 20 years is, is just going to be, you know. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think uh, one thing that popped up when you were saying that in my head was, you know, the sole sourcing, you know, a lot of what's happening now is, is these companies have a sole source for, you know, their one product that they have or multiple products and that they haven't even looked at for a backup source because they thought they were fine working with someone overseas and, and that'll just be the way it goes. But now that's been a big, uh, you know, a big, I guess, reality check for most companies to say, Hmm, you know, I don't, I have a single source for this and that's not, that's not really good. You know, I have to have some backup plans to mitigate what might happen and things that do have emergencies that do come up. And uh, that's again, where additive and 3d printing is steps right up and, and is in that spotlight for that, uh, that, that option from the single source that they, they currently are working with. So um, I'm sure we'll see a lot more companies step up now to, to take care of that and mitigate that, uh, that possible risk of having a single source. I think that'll, it'll start to happen a lot more over the next few years and uh, we get to see a lot more activity happening and, and contract manufacturers picking up a lot of that work and also the growth of 3d printers being out there and additive machines being sold and used across the board. So uh, it's exciting to see that unfold right now. I think uh, it's an interesting time for additive. So um, again, I'm I'm happy to talk to a contract manufacturer. I love to talk to more of them and uh, see a little bit more about what's going on right now out there in the world. And uh, hopefully I get to do that someday. But I do appreciate this conversation because it's uncovered a lot for me for sure. And I hope uh, some other people that might be listening could understand a little bit more about what it takes and what you go through as a contract manufacturer, of course, talking to Encodema 3D, one of the largest ones out here in North America. And uh, James Hockey over here, uh, very happy to be hanging out with you, buddy. And uh, hope, hopefully we get to do something soon again. I know I uh, appreciate you taking a little bit of your time right now. And uh, um, anything else that, that's going on? What's your normal life been like? Are you at home? I know you said you're in Chicago. Um, and uh, Encodema's facility is in New York. so. Uh, are you doing a lot of things, uh, obviously, from, from your home location? And, and what's that been like for you to just to be uh, at home working right now during this time? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, for me, the only, the only difference really is the, is the travel, right? I, that's gone away. Uh, yeah. But you know, working remote's always been something I've done. So that's, yep. that's, that's not different for me. Um, but, but, but missing out on seeing um, uh, clients and their facilities and, and, and going to visit them and talk about the programs and and seeing what's actually happening, you know, that whole face-to-face has kind of gone away. Um, kind of interesting to figure out that, that potentially this may be the way we do things going forward, right? This Perfect. may be, um, and it, it may get pushed much harder and faster than any of us uh, may, may imagine that travel may just become different and kind of concerns, you know, a little bit of the travel industry where, where that's going to, you know, where that's going to end up because yeah, no, yeah. you got airlines and hotels and rental companies that are going to be like, where is everyone? I mean, I, I could easily see this being cut in half of what normally has been done. Capacity. Uh, yeah. Sure. Sure. I mean, trade shows, right? We had a great, you know, a couple of the trade season right now. We're in the middle of it and none of them have happened so far. (laughs) Both have gotten missed. Um, But then, but then we had a couple that have come online that have been like, it's kind of cool, right? It is. It kind of works. You know, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's give and take with it. We'll have to see how that, that, that rolls out. But I can see there's, there's, there's been a few trips that I've taken that, probably could have turned into just, you know, a couple of zoom calls, mm-hmm. right? right. Could have, could have maybe done it that way. Now there's some trade shows. I think, you, I think you still need to go and physically see people and machines and equipment and technology and you got to go do it. 
Um, but there's, there's a lot that, that could be changed to this method of, you know, of the digital thread, right? Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I know um, uh, earlier, I think it was yesterday, I saw some news that at least uh, IMTS is is pushing forward in September. So that's a, that's at least a one. And how that's going to look is still, you know, up for grabs for everybody. It's like yeah. kind of like, okay, how is that going to be set up? But uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they push that out over the next couple of months and, and really start to talk about what's going to happen at the uh, at the big trade show because that happens, you know, once every two years. It's an international trade show. That's where all the machinery is under one roof. And uh, you, you do get a lot of updates and, and uh, things you couldn't quite see, you know, from your home. So some hands-on experiences that are, are definitely uh, very challenging virtually. Right. Not to say they can't be done, but uh, especially in the time period of setting that up. I, I really hope that IMTS is still going to happen this year. It looks like it is, and I'm, I'm excited about that. So I'll be uh, looking forward to seeing that ramp up because it seems like the only one to look forward to right now. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's good. And, and are you planning on being there at this point? Is IMTS in, in, in your site? To, for yeah, possible it's funny you brought that up. I just, uh, um, I just made sure I got uh, hotel rooms booked for that. And of course, mm -hmm. as I went to go book the hotel rooms, you know, it's it's Hilton saying even there is maybe they're 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 letting you book the room, but it says maybe maybe there's rooms, maybe there isn't. Wow. Okay. Right? So yeah. Little, I mean, everyone's still kind of like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, the another one coming up too. That's um, that they moved back. That should have been happening this month in California, Space Tech Expo. Right. And that one's been moved to I think it's August. Okay. It's, so that one's that one's been moved to August, and I'm hoping that one goes off as well. Hoping that one that one happens. So um, that's another one I should get out to. We got a lot of clients out in California, and um, you know that I, I would like to be out there and see what's what's happening on you know and some of this stuff. So uh, but kind of actually sat in this form next. Uh, I heard there were a lot of things that were introduced this past form next, and a lot of people were uh, very excited about some of the. the uh, the happenings that, that came out of that one. So I'm hoping IMTS does go because you said it's every two years. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. A, like a long time to wait. I mean, hopefully they would only push it off a year if they, they did that, but it'd be nice to get it off this year in Chicago. So. Yeah, I am. I'm looking into getting uh, one of their their team members uh, from the IMTS team over there as a, another guest uh, to talk a little bit about what they're doing. So looking forward to doing that soon also. Uh, but in general, man, hey, thanks for coming and hang out today. I know uh, there's a lot going on, so I do appreciate you taking your time. And uh, again, happy Cinco de Mayo. Uh, look forward to doing some more events together. Hopefully we can get some stuff going in the future, uh, talk about different issues and things going on. So thanks for your time, Jim, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me.